Good morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'll be your host every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Now, who saw those white snowy flakes falling from the sky this past weekend, whether it was on Shabbos for a bit, whether it was on Sunday for a bit? Let me tell you something. It's early December. Like, why are we getting this snow so early? (sighs) Truth be told, I'm not going to lie, actually. I I, I did enjoy the the snow. You know, I was out uh, walking around on Shabbos in Washington Heights, and uh, I mean, it was barely snow. It was like little, little, uh, what do you want to call them, flakes? I don't even know what you call them. Uh, It'd be called like a blizzard in Houston where I'm from, but, um, you know, here it's just a little whatever you snow and uh so that was nice and then also um sunday snow i wasn't outside for um, but just kind of seeing it fall was nice it's like oh here's the first snow of the season and hopefully the last um which will most certainly not be true but one can hope um but it's nice to see it fall unfortunately i live in the city and uh the snow once uh once it's falling and people are still out if it's a light snow it turns gross right away. It turns into this gray black sludge that just it's just so gross to walk in, it's so gross to look at. It's just it's not pleasant for anyone. Um thank God though when I woke up Monday morning to go to work, it was it was simply just kind of like rain and puddles, nothing like sludgy and gross. So uh hopefully we won't have to endure that. I mean preferably by January, but you never know with uh with the way things work. But uh Snow is not my friend. That's that's the uh, the short moral of the story. If you are uh, trying to learn who I am as a person, but anyway, we're here on Bite Size, and I appreciate everyone tuning in for the next two hours, hopefully. And uh, two shout outs that I totally uh, one of them, you know, frankly, I forgot. It's it's on me, frankly. Uh, no excuses. First to a Ruvain Brick, one of the one of our listeners on a weekly basis mazel tov to him on his first child um must be an exciting time i am not married nor uh i'm not married so so i don't know what it's like to have a kid though my brother is expecting my brother my sister-in-law and my brother are expecting their first child uh hopefully soon so please god that'll be exciting and i'll somewhat get a feel for how that is but Mazel tov to you, Ruvain, and also to uh, Shimmer Barnett. Now, Shimmer Barnett slash now Shimmer Bernstein is uh, a longtime listener, actually, of the Nachum Seal Network and uh, listens to my show. And Shimmer, I thank you for that. It was her birthday last Wednesday, and by the time I went on Facebook, which I'm a terrible friend for, for only realizing it on Facebook after the fact, but by the time I remembered it was her birthday, I couldn't give her a shout-out. And uh, so she gets a birthday shout-out. She also gets a, a wedding shout-out. Now, I totally forgot. Um, my show was just starting in September. She got married uh, Columbus weekend. I was there to my friend uh, Jonathan Bernstein, so Shimmer Bernstein now. Um, and I told them I'd give them a wedding shout-out and never came around to doing it. So, Shimmer, if you're listening, here is your wedding shout-out to you and to Johnny. It was an absolutely phenomenal wedding in Columbus, Ohio. My first time there. In all honesty, probably my last time there, but but a, a great wedding, and uh, thank you for inviting me, and thank you for continuing to listen here on Bite Size. And uh, with that, I want to let everyone know that uh, we can expect Tova Connect 
as I mentioned week in and week out, a regular contributor here on Bite Size. She uh, has an interview with Ellie Posh of Jerusalem Wine Club. So for all of you wine connoisseurs or anyone uh, just wanting to get into the wine, knowing about and, you know, not necessarily, even if you want to get into the wine business, but but forget about that. It's just if you if you have somewhat of an interest in wine, and, and honestly, I never considered myself a wine connoisseur, but probably over the last year or two or so, as my friends kind of get a little more into it, um, I attended a wine and cheese event of, of uh, my school in Washington Heights, what was it, probably a month or two ago, like, you just start learning these things, and, and we at the Nachum Siegel Network were at the Bartonura Wine Factory in Italy, um, and you could actually check out those videos, those highlights, the whole show if you'd like, on our Facebook page or on YouTube, Nachum Siegel Network. Um, go check it out. But just learning you know, about the Bartonura Wine Factory and the wine and cheese event, and, and as I hear more and more about it, it's, it's a more intriguing topic to me. And while I may never be on that wine connoisseur level, I... Uh, one day may know a thing or two about wines that uh, may interest my fellow friends. But check that out in about 10 to 15 minutes. I could tell you this week's four to the door will probably have something to do with wine. So uh, that usually happens with about 10 minutes to go on the show. So stay tuned for that. More coming up on Bite Size. I'm going to play for you now uh, the first three songs of Benny Friedman's new track, Fill the World with Light, his new album, uh, a few weeks old. Let me tell you something about Ivri Anochi, which, which uh, will be the first song. It's, 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 it's my favorite on on this track, on this album early on. Ivri Anochi. Uh, so here we go with that. You're tuned into Bite Sized right here on the Nachum Siegel Network.
לפנות בוקר מתעורר מוקדם, איש של חסד, איש רחמן, איש מלא באהבה כל כולו. העמיס את חמורו וחשב על אדונו, והפקודה לעלות להר עם בנו יחידו. הגיעו למקום שמחה בליבם לקיים בקשת בורם. האב הגביה את ידו ונירד. משתקפות בסכין ראה עיני בנו וצאצאיו דורות. פתאום מן השמיים דמעות נפלו ונשמע אברהם, אברהם, אל תביא שום צרה בנך, אל תשלח ידך, כי עכשיו אני יודע שאתה בן יחיד האהוב שלי.
Shira La Hashem, off of Benny Friedman's new album, Fill the World with Light. You can find his album all over uh, online. You can purchase it at stores. 
We played for you there, Ivri Anochi, Al Tishlach Yadcha, and Ashira La Hashem, which is what we just came through. Um, personally, my favorite on this album, Ivri Anochi, the first song we sang, and by sang, I mean we played. Um, very catchy, just like some of his other, you know, hit songs that he's come out with over the last few years. Um, I have a good feeling that this one's also going to be quite the hit and played for many, many years to come. Here we are on Bite Size, and thank you for tuning in. Coming up now is an interview with Tova Connect. Tova spoke with Ellie Posh of the Jerusalem Wine Club. And as I mentioned earlier, you don't need to be a wine connoisseur to follow along. You could literally have zero ounces of wine knowledge, and uh, you'll be able to follow along the whole way through. So here's Tova Connect with Ellie Posh. You're tuned into Bite Sized right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in Kfar Etzion in Gosh Etzion in a store called Kfar Hayayin with Ellie Posh. Welcome, Ellie, to the show. Hi. We're sitting in the middle of the Gush. It is gorgeous. The store has thousands of wine bottles. Yes. Uh, thousands of wine bottles, 290 different labels from 30 different wineries. Oh, my goodness. All Israeli. All Israeli. We're going to get into all of that. Before we talk about the wine store and your Jerusalem wine club, let's talk about you and uh, okay. a little bit of background. So you moved to Israel from? Toronto. From Toronto, Canada. Yeah. When? Uh, 2003, July 2003, so 13 years. Wow. And with family, without family? Individually, but my whole family is here. Uh-huh. Where specifically? Shiloh, Gush Etzion, Yerushalayim, Beit Shemesh. So the Posh family is taking over uh, all of Israel, all over the map. We're, we're, we're getting there. You're getting there. Um, okay, so you live in Yerushalayim. You work in Gush Etzion. Right. Do you think, uh, on a personal level, this is clearly uh, your personal opinion, do you think it's life is different living in the Gush as it is to living in Yerushalayim? Definitely is different. Uh, I find it a lot more relaxed out in the Gush. There's a lot more space per person, per house, per... Like, it's not... Yerushalayim, I find very on top of it. Like, everybody's on top of themselves. Or like on a top si- of each other. Like a city. Uh, like New York. Uh, Toronto has more space, but uh-huh. it's still a city. But but in Gush Etzion, there's a lot more air, there's a lot more freshness, there's a lot more fields, there's a lot more grass, there's a lot more space. Uh-huh. Uh, and as we're going to get into it, I'm sure uh, a lot of stories from Tanakh out in the Gush. A lot of stories from Tanakh out in the Gush, but that's not different from Yerushalayim. That's not, well, yes, exactly. But we'll talk about the stories uh, from Tanakh in the Gush soon. Um, okay, so you lived in Israel for, you said, 13 years? 13 years. Amazing. And um, how did you get into the wine business? When I was a little boy of 13, okay. uh, I was in Yeshiva Tichonit in Toronto, uh, Yeshiva High School, and they were looking for ideas for fundraising for student council. It happened to be February, and I suggested we should sell wine for Purim and Pesach, and that's how I started. Like every typical Yeshiva guy. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Everybody, every... And this just turned into a lifelong... Turned into a lifelong pursuit. Uh, I took off some time in the middle to do some other things. I was, I'm a food and beverage major from college, also in Toronto. Uh, and then I spent a lot of time doing event planning and catering and 
corporate events and things like that, but uh, eventually got to the point where I needed to just get back into the wine business, especially with what's going on in the wine industry in this country. So tell us what's going on with the wine industry in this country. So Israel in the past 30 years has gone from making sweet Kiddush wine, which everybody knows, like Manashevitz and Carmel Concord and those kind of things, to winning gold medals in every single uh, wine competition that they go to anywhere uh-huh. in the world. Wow. Uh, even, even with... BDS and all of that stuff that is going on in Europe. Uh, this year in France alone, out of all places, four Israeli wineries took gold and silver medals. Uh, most of them were from over the Green Line. Um, where we which, are right which, now. Which, where we are right now, which is very surprising given the political situation. But uh-huh. but our wines are coming across more and more on a world-class premium level. Uh, and what I like to call the great equalizer. It doesn't matter what your politics are. You can enjoy a good glass of wine with anybody and have a nice conversation. So. Amazing. So how did you specifically open up the Jerusalem Wine Club? By accident. By accident? By accident. How does that happen? Um, actually, when I left my previous job, uh, I was the CEO of a food supplement company in Herzliya Pituach, and I quit. Okay. Um, I, the day that I quit, somebody had sent me an article about the Israeli wine industry, and I called the author of the article, uh, who took me on a, took me to visit a few wineries up north in the Golan and the Galil, and I started talking about exporting from here to Canada, because I still had all the connections in in the Canadian market, um, and one of the places that I went to to export to Canada gave me products to sample in the winery uh, that were not yet ready for public. Consumption. Uh-huh. I mean, they were they were ready. They just didn't have any labels on them. They were still working with the previous year, mm-hmm. so they couldn't do anything with the bottles after we opened them to taste them. And they gave me those specifically because by the time the export would happen, we'd be working with these new products. Uh, so they gave me the bottles to take home, and I invited a couple friends over for Friday night dinner. We sat down. We had a wine. We enjoyed three yeah. very nice bottles of wine. And they said, you know, this is great. We'd like to order some. Where, where can we get it? So I called the winery, and we placed an order, and we got the stuff down. And then they said, can you do this with other wineries? Wow, so look at that. we started working with other wineries. Every month we would do a different winery, and every month more and more people would come to the tastings. And, uh, and then it would expand. People were like, you know, I had this great, this was so much fun, and I'd like to do something like this in my town where my husband's birthday is next week, and he loves wine, so come over to my place and do it. Wow. And they started ordering. And 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 it just it got just to the point. Off. It just took off, and it got to the point where I needed a warehouse. So uh-huh. you're now sitting in in my warehouse. This this it's, is my warehouse. It's a, it's an absolutely <laughs> gorgeous what you call a warehouse. <laughs> Seriously, it's stunning. Um, okay, and then so how did Kfar, so this is your Kfarayayin is your store, which is also your warehouse, right? And you do all your deliveries from this. So everything this gets shop? packed from here. You can, Currently you can see we're the boxes. sitting, I see. We're, and tell us where are all these boxes going to? Um, the ones you just looked at are going to Singapore. Singapore. Um, there's some over there that are going to be going to Bnei de Kalim, which is near Lachish, uh, to Kukhava Shachar, to Ranana, to Rasharon, Tel Aviv, Yerushalayim, Beit Shemesh, Modin, Chashmonaim. So delivery happens not only within Israel. People all over the world could order from you? Almost all over the world. Okay. Um, and one of my one of my big uh, issues with the whole entire thing uh-huh. is we started with Canada, 
Mm-hmm. I can't ship to Canada. Why not? Because <laughs> Canada's got their their yeah, crazy mm. government laws and stuff. So Canada and Australia are the two countries that we cannot work with. Okay, but the United States listeners the, that are listening right now. The United States <laughs> listeners, we're, we actually have our online store going live in a couple of weeks. Oh, fantastic. And people will be able to log on to, the, to JerusalemWineClub.com, order whatever they want, and get it shipped direct from here to their house in the States. Unbelievable. Okay, so let's talk while we're on that topic of shipping worldwide, um, you have something called The Club. The Jerusalem Wine Club. The Dr- club. Right. So right. the club, part of the Jerusalem Wine Club. Right. What is that? It's a paid membership club. Okay. Uh, it functions like a normal American wine club. Uh, you pay a membership fee, and then every month there's an automatic purchase of four bottles, which gets shipped automatically. The bottles are my choice, but we try to team it to, we try to aim it towards each individual customer's uh Preference. And preference. Okay, so they don't get to choose their wine. You choose their wine. Right. And you, we were talking about this earlier, something about a taste palette. Right. So how do you figure out someone's taste palette? Usually what happens is I will, when somebody comes into the store, I ask them three very simple questions. The first one is, what kind of wine do you normally drink? Okay. Um, And that'll tell me it's a Cabernet Sauvignon, it's a... Anything from a from a specific grape to a specific style. So I can, I'll drink Cabernet Sauvignon regularly, or I'll drink dry red wine regularly. Okay. Um, the second one is what price range they're in. <laughs> okay. Um, so anywhere that makes between. A big difference. It does make a big difference because yeah. we'll go from four for a hundred shekel, right. four bottles for hundred shekel, to one for four hundred shekel. Right. Um, so it really depends on what their on what their price range is. Right. And the third one is um, the. Now I'm going blank for a second, which That's is okay. fine. Um, but while you're thinking of it, yeah, tell me, you right away pegged me for a certain taste palette. How did you figure that out? Because we spent time together. <laughs> <laughs> we spent, we did. We met at a at the Jerusalem, at wine, the Jerusalem festival. wine festival, and um, and we walked around, and you kept asking me for something sweeter. I was, yeah, I needed something sweet. So I do not drink dry wine, and that's fine. There's a there's to the a, dismay of all my uh, brothers-in-law that are massive uh, wine connoisseurs, and laugh at me when I'm drinking uh, yeah. <laughs> my silly sweet so, wine. Yeah, it's okay. No, but there, but so when it comes to the sweet line to the sweet wines, uh, Israel does not produce a lot of red sweet wines. We, yeah. we produce a lot of Muscat, a lot of Moscato, right? Um, a lot of Emerald Riesling, which is semi semi sweet. Yeah. Uh, very few. There are one or two semi sweet reds. But not very many, um, and but basically all of these questions and all of these things I try to find out within the first two or three minutes of talking with the customer. Okay. And once I have that information, it's very easy for me to go and say, "Here's four bottles that I would suggest that would fit into that box. picture yeah. or into that box." And they'll take one or two or three of them. They'll go home. They'll come back and they'll say, "I like this one because I didn't like that one because," and it allows me to further pinpoint exactly what their wine is wow. now once we have that point yeah it gets to the point where here myself my staff uh we already know the customers many of them when they're walking in by the second or third time they're coming to the store we can already know the first three or four bottles that they're going to walk out with because okay. we know them well enough yeah in five years since we've been doing the wine club we've made a mistake three times that's it that's it wow so, amazing and how can i ask how much the original membership is because 50 shekel a year, so that's really not a lot to join this. Uh, it's really not a lot, it's 
for a year. 50 right. shekel is about 12.50. Everything you buy, including the monthly orders, is 10% off after that. So if a monthly order is 400 shekel on average, it's uh -huh. four bottles of 100 shekel average wines. Wow. You're saving in your first month your 50 shekel back. Wow. So it's so. really kadai to not only... People are drinking wine anyway. Right. They might as well order it from Israel, from an Israeli store, supporting Israeli wines and wineries. And you get to taste new stuff. And you're tasting new stuff. And also, you know, typically... And you don't have to, when, you don't have to carry it from the store. <laughs> it's coming <laughs> right, right to your, your house. That's perfect. No, because when I walk into a wine store, I go right to the same thing each time because I'm scared to go out of my back, you know, to try new things. So I think this is a... I might have to uh, sign up for this. Wine club. I don't Level have up. I don't have four bottles of sweet wine. Every, oh no. Every month. Okay, so we'll talk. We'll but talk after. We'll talk this. after. Okay. Uh, in the states, by the yeah. way, in yeah. the states, the club works differently. Oh, has it worked in the states? It's we don't ship by four bottles because okay. two price. Right, shipping. It's too too expensive to ship that way. Yeah. What we do is we ship by case. Uh -huh. So instead of getting one shipment every month okay. of four bottles, you'll get one case every three months. Oh, okay. And it's, it makes sense. Do you sense tell them which order to drink it in? No. They could do it however But they want. it does come with a rolled up brochure, uh -huh. which describes the winery and the wine, and a picture of each bottle, so uh -huh. when they're tasting the wines, they can actually read and get into the whole thing. Can we talk about, um, we had mentioned on the way to the store, you were talking about how, you know, the different bottles, you know, have different stories and, you know, specifically Tanakh related. Can you tell us any anecdotes uh, sure. related to um, Tanakh? I, I don't know how many of your viewers, would have seen, how many of your listeners would have seen Avi Avalo's video from a couple of weeks okay, ago. Okay, shout out to Avi Avalo. <laughs> it's okay, he's going to uh, share this now. That's right. <laughs> there you go. So, um... Uh, about a week after Simchas Torah, a very good friend of mine came into the store, and he also does a lot of social media video and things like that. And he came and he's just like, "Okay, let's. What are we tasting today?" And we, I reached behind me, and my staff had opened the bottle. Yeah. I didn't tell her which bottles to open. It was just that this is the way it happened. She opened the bottle at, for tasting, so we, like we do every single Friday. And he says, "Okay, what are we tasting?" So I took the bottle that she had opened, and I poured him into the poured him some wine, and he's tasting. He's like, "This is really good. What what are we drinking?" And what we were drinking was a bottle of Harbracha Joseph Merlot. Okay. Now Joseph is a series in the Harbracha winery. Okay. And uh, the name Joseph comes from Yosef. It, the Harbracha is in Nachlat Ephraim. In the, Ephraim's uh, plot of land that w when uh, Israel was divided up amongst the tribes and basically uh, Ephraim is the son of Yosef so they called it Joseph as in the patriarch of their of their plot okay um, and we're tasting it and we're talking about it and I, I, I thought to myself I said this is very interesting that right now just three days before we had read Vizot HaBracha on Simchas Torah and the whole bracha of Moshe to Yosef in Vizosa Bracha was all about the good quality soil and minerals in the soil that would produce high quality produce in his plot of land. So here we were three days later drinking wine that came from his plot of land and enjoying a great bottle of wine wow. made direct from the Bracha of... Uh, pure Hashkacha to get uh, someone... I don't, right? You said Avi doesn't necessarily drink so much. Avi does not drink so much so at all. To, I think if it was connected to Tanakh, he, uh, he probably drank. We'll have to find out from him later. <laughs> okay, so after all that information about the wine club and your store, um, all the listeners are planning trips to Israel. Hopefully. Hopefully. Or to move here. Even more hopefully. Oh, yes, exactly. Um, 
how can they get in touch with you? How can they find you? How can they come on tours here? Okay, so our tours are basically geared towards tourists or okay. or residents of Israel. Uh, we don't do general tours yet. Okay. Uh, but they're basically people who just call up and book their own family tours. Um, but we do them all over the country from the border of Mitzrayim in Kadesh Barnea. Wow. To which, by the way, if we're already talking biblical stories, yeah. Kadesh Barnea is famous for the Miraglim, okay. the spies that came in and took grapes back to the desert. Uh-huh. Right? Those big, right. Yeah, giant yeah. grapes. Yeah. That's Kadesh Barnea uh, wow. on the border of Mitzrayim. And... Uh, they go all the way to the border of Syria, to Har Odem, the furthest north winery in Israel. Okay. Um, and we do all the all of those tours. We also discuss the stories of Tanakh that happen in the area of the wineries. Uh-huh. So we'll be able to talk about Devorah and Sisra and Yael, right? Yael gave right. him gave him wine and milk. Right. Right. Well, right outside that town is yeah. now a dear winery, which is world-class winery, but it's also world-class goat dairy. So they have the wine and the cheese from, that's from the whole story. It's like right outside the state. It just amazing. happens to be that way. Um, so we'll talk about little stories like that. I'm not a licensed tour guide, so I won't actually take you to the place and give you, like, you know, things like that. But we'll open the Tanakh in the car and show you, like, you see that street sign? Here's where all that happened in Tanakh. Let's go drink wine. Amazing. Um, so we'll do kind of fun stuff like that. Okay. Um, those are the wine tours. Uh, getting in touch with me, JerusalemWineClub.com is our website. JerusalemWineClub.com. Ellie at JerusalemWineClub is my, dot com, is okay. my email address. I'll put that all on my website. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. Amazing. So before we end off, because uh, I know that now American tourists are going to come run over here and they're going to be as impressed as I am. Um, but before we end off, tell me and tell the audience, what's your Israel happy place? Wow. And we just mentioned that dear winery, beautiful winery with a great garden uh-huh. and a nice fountain and Italian music playing in the background. Wow. Sitting out there with a glass of wine oh. is phenomenal. Yeah. My other happy place is back in Yeshiva in Malot, where I was back in Hesder, back in the day. In Malot? In Malot. Wow. Do you want to tell, how did you end up in Malot? <laughs> From Canada. <laughs> um, I ended up in Malot by fluke, just like business. Okay. Everything's Hashkacha practice in this country. Um, I started in an American yeshiva, which no longer exists, and okay. I really did not like it, so I called my parents and said I was going back to Toronto. The Rav of my shul called and said, if you're already not going to be in yeshiva, so go to Malod, go on a tiul, yeah. stop in the yeshiva, and send, send my regards to the Menahel of the yeshiva. Uh-huh. So if the Rav asks, the Rav gets, and I went up to Malot, and I sat with the Menahel of the yeshiva for about an hour, and then had lunch with the Rosh yeshiva, and spent the mm-hmm. next four years there. Wow. Listen. And it's amazing. I go back every single year. Malot, I have a personal connection to Malot. Yeah. What's that? My niece, my niece and nephew-in-law live there, and he learns in yeshiva there, so... There you go. There's a personal connection. All right. Amazing. So, continued success. Hatzlacha. The store is gorgeous. I am thrilled that uh, I came out here to check it out, and I've only heard amazing things, and I'm only expecting to hear more amazing things, so... Okay. Okay. We look forward to seeing all your listeners when they come out here. Of course. Gush is not a terrible place. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. It's really gorgeous. It's really stunning. Um, Okay, so thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for coming. Okay. Thank you, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Eli Posh of Jerusalem Wine Club. That's JerusalemWineClub.com. Check it out for winery tours or for, uh, frankly, how to get on there. Um, wine club list and check out all they have to offer.
Tova, you could reach her at tovainisrael.com or Tova Connect or Tova in Israel on Facebook as well. Uh, we thank her for a regular contribution here at Bite Size. More coming up. But for now, I'll leave you with some of the very best off Karbach, Volume 2 uh, by Soul Farm. I might play only the first track. I might play the whole track. Probably not the whole track because there's uh, 17 of them. Or probably not the whole album, if you will. But we're going to start with Kiva Moed and uh, we'll see how long I let it go for. So thank you for tuning into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network.
האור והצל משחקים שוב תופסת. השולחן ערוך, תמונות ילדות על הקיר, שיירות לבנות חוזרות מבית כנסת. והריח הזה, שזורק לי את הלב, מתגנב, מתגנב, ופותח דלתות, אל אושר קטן. אל אותו שיר ישן שעובר אצלנו במשך דורות מתנות קטנות משהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות רסיסים של כוונה עיגולים של אמונה מתנות קטנות משהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות הכוח לקבל את מה שאין, את מה שיש, מה עוד אפשר כבר לבקש. זה עוד יום שישי, מרפסת ועיתון, השמש כמו הדאגות לאט נמחקת. מנגינות פשוטות זוחלות מהחלום, ושום שערה כבר לא תסתיר פה את השקט. מתנות קטנות, משהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות, רסיסים של כוונה, עיגולים של אמונה. מתנות קטנות, משהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות, כמו הכוח ל... שאין את מה שיש, מה עוד אפשר כבר לבקש? מתנות קטנות. קיבלנו ואכלת, ואותנו קידשת. ברוך אתה, אדוני, מקדש אשר. שזורק לי את הלב, מתגנב, מתגנב, ופותח דלתות, אל אושר קטן, אל אותו שיר ישן, שעובר אצלנו במשך דורות, מתנות קטנות, שהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות, רסיסים של כוונה. עיגולים של אמונה, מתנות קטנות, משהוא שלח לי מתנות קטנות, כמו הכוח לקבל את מה שאין, את מה שיש, מה עוד אפשר כבר
אבינו, אבינו שבשמיים, שתתמלא רחמים על החתן והכלה.
Shimcha Lipa Schmelzer Lipa Schmelzer Noda Shimcha. One of the best songs that, uh, at least in my opinion, that Lipa has ever performed. I know that was one of the three songs he performed at last year's Kosher Halftime Show. And if you haven't yet done so, definitely check that out on YouTube. And we have yet to announce this year's Kosher Halftime Show as a network, but don't worry, that day will come soon. I know the network as a whole has been working diligently to make sure this year is even better than last year, if that's even possible. But uh, when we announce the date, when we announce the time, when we announce the performer, I know we'll have equal amount of excitement, if not more, for this year's Kosher Halftime Show. Now on Bite Size, we have the opportunity to hear from Joanna Shepson, another regular here on Bite Size. And she spoke with Devorah Katz of Um It's a bread company, bread store. You'll hear a lot more about it before I ruin it. Here's Joanna with Devorah Katz. Thanks, Yoni. I am sitting here today with Devorah Katz, who many of you have probably interacted with in different places on uh, social media, whether it's through her Pat Bamelach Artisan Bakery workshops or her Challah Crumbs website. Um, and I'm going to give Devorah a chance to just tell us a little bit about each of her projects because she is one of the people I would describe as a power behind uh, Jerusalem's tourism market and a real creator of new products. So let's let's talk to Devorah. Hi, Devorah. How are you doing? I'm great. That was quite the introduction. The truth is what I call Devorah and David is I call them the power couple. <laughs> so you, you're not going to get to meet David here today, but Devorah will tell you a little bit about David too. But let's start with the, your newest baby, the uh, Pat Bamelach Artisan Bakery in the Gush. Great. Um, our bakery has been up and running for a year and a half. We've been super excited about it. It sort of marries two of our passions together. One, at least for David, is baking um, healthful sourdough breads, artisan breads. And the other thing that we love is education. So the two things that we have are these very healthy breads that are distributed everywhere in the gush and, of course, at our store. And David runs workshops um, pretty frequently teaching about the role grain plays in the land of Israel and the Jewish calendar. So you get a little bit of Zionism, you get a little bit of bread, you get a little bit of um, Torah tossed in. It's really a a great workshop. So the truth is, I know from Fun in Jerusalem that that is the perfect mixture. You get kids being able to do something hands-on, you feed them a little bit at the same time with something delicious, and then you tie in a unique reason why this workshop can only be done in Israel. And this is a workshop that really ties the food together in with Israel's history and with Tanakh. So give us an example of your favorite workshop that you run and uh, describe it a bit. Absolutely. Let me say one thing. It is great for kids. We're very, very family-friendly, very hands-on, but we're also very um, conscientious of who makes up the group that comes. Grandparents love us. You know, the bakery is wheelchair accessible, stroller accessible, heated when it needs to be, air conditioned when it needs to be. It's really a nice stop on a day when you're with your whole family. We've actually had grandparents who will bring their children, grandchildren, even great-grandchildren to the bakery. I think my favorite workshop, probably because it's the most popular workshop right now, is the workshop where you're making pretzels and you're making rolls while you're learning about all these things that have happened in Israel's history and in Judaism. So it really ties everything in very nicely, and it is also quite delicious. Fantastic. And then how? tell us a bit about how long is a workshop, what's involved, Um, I actually took my kids to a workshop with David and I'll just tell them about the fun part of what he does with the flour. 
Oh, sure. So the workshop is 90 minutes long and um, you are, I think actually you start off right away with some shaping and some baking. And then while the pretzels are baking and the rolls are baking, you know, David sort of expands on what it is that, um, or how we see grain throughout the years. And one of the things that David enjoys doing, which is actually now a movie that you can see online, um, is he draws the story of the Jewish calendar in flour across the table. Is that what you're talking yes, about? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> so, you know, David often starts by asking if there's an artist in the crowd so that, you know, maybe someone will draw for him. And we actually had this wonderful graphic design we didn't even know who immediately raised his hand and he drew David said he was sorry he didn't take pictures just an exquisite tapestry of what it was like to live in Israel you know long ago and how we watch the grain cycle through the seasons you know every year fantastic and then for those listeners who are listening from New York the, is it possible they've met David somewhere? Oh, listen, we are we are everywhere. Um, Dave and I spent five years working at Mosheva in Indian Orchard. And for many years, David was in the greater New York area running workshops at many schools, which I'm going to forget now. Certainly SAR, he's been baking matzah there for um, for a number of years. And we actually, every you know, during the course of our summers, very often we'll have some kid that'll walk in and do a double take and say, but weren't you just in Riverdale with us, you know? So um, David has gained notoriety all over the place. So he's been he's been known for his mix of education and baking already back in the, in New York. Absolutely. And then tell us a little bit about what's what the people can expect in December, Hanukkah time. You're going to be having workshops, winter break, yeshiva break. Should people be contacting you? People should definitely be contacting me. I'm always the the voice behind the emails. Um, yeah, we're we're coming close to being fully booked for Hanukkah, so we're very excited and appreciative about that. And we've already started booking for Yeshiva Week also. Most of the time we run three workshops a day from Sundays through Thursdays. Uh, the workshops are 90 minutes long, and you can get that information off of our website. You can contact us directly, and, um, and we're happy to book you in. And just tell everyone what your website is. The website is, I'm so sorry that I'm going to have to spell it out, www.patbamelach, P-A-T-B-A-M-E-L-A-C-H.com. There must have been a whole story behind choosing the name for the bakery, and I assume you were involved in that. I will credit, um, actually, a great um, Jerusalem icon, Dove Abramson, who's a graphic artist here in Yerushalayim, who is fantastic. And their team took on, with so much excitement, branding our bakery. It is particularly, really, just a beautiful place, great space, and they branded it to the hilt, and it was Dove Abramson who came up with the name, which is from a Mishnah that talks about a pot bamelach, a piece of bread, with a little bit of salt. Great. And then uh, let's tell let's tell the listeners a, some stories about people who've been into your bakery. <laughs> How about the one? They're two of my favorites, so I'll bring them up. One is the story of the group of um, medical healthcare professionals that came in. Yes. So David does groups. Of, you know, very often it's family groups, but we have a lot of business and a lot of companies that on their Yom Kif on their day of fun they come out to the bakery, and so. Um, they're doctors and nurses from Meucharet, one of the healthcare providers here in Israel, brought a group out to the bakery and they said to David, just talk to us about gluten development. We really want to understand the health properties. So David's in heaven because whoever wants to listen to 90 minutes of it. 
And um, David gave the lecture. They all made their breads. Everybody went home. And a good friend of mine called me a week later, astonished that she had taken her child to um, a gastroenterologist. And the gastro had said to her, oh, listen, I just listened to this man, David Katz, talk about gluten development, and it has changed my entire approach. So we were very excited about that. We felt like we made some kind of great celebrity list. Fantastic, especially making us, you know, a connection to the Israeli medical system is it's pretty incredible. Um, what about the story about the yeshiva boy who yep. came in? Another great gluten story. It is a great gluten story. I've learned, and this is something I would have never knew, known before, but, you know, in the range of gluten and people who eat it and don't, there's, you know, celiac on one extreme who really can't come into contact with flour. But then throughout, we have people who are gluten sensitive or gluten insensitive or gluten tolerant or intolerant. And so we had <clears throat> a one-year program there. Thankfully, we have a lot of yeshivot that come to us. And so one boy said to David, I haven't had bread in so long, I don't even know how to bench. David asked him a few questions to understand, you know, what he was sensitive to. And David sent him back to yeshiva with a loaf of whole wheat sourdough bread. And he said to the boy, take two bites. Worst case scenario, you'll have a stomach ache, but I think it might work. And from that moment until the boy returned home um, to the States at the end of his year, every week he ordered three loaves of bread because it was finally bread that he felt that he could eat. Oh, what a great experience for him. Yeah. <laughs> So it's kind of ironic that your side business, mm -hmm. which started before the bakery, was named Chalakrums. So tell me a little bit about Chalakrums and sort of how you got started and what you do with that today. Sure. It does seem that we're a very carb-friendly fam <laughs> family. Um, Chalakrums is really a labor of love, and it was started, I think it might be six years ago already, where um, we were really looking at bringing in Jewish creative projects and activities into Jewish homes in a way that's easy. You know, you just click, you download a puzzle, a coloring page, 10 questions to ask at your Shabbat table. And so now I think we're at over a thousand articles, you know, recipes, crafts, activities to do with kids ages one through 10. Um, it's something that I love very, very much. We just launched a podcast recently, which is also about parenting and the Parsha. It's been a, it's a great energy place. A lot of, um, a lot of positive feedback. And are the articles and the posts and the activities all based on the Parsha of the week? No. Uh, we've based things on the Parsha. We base things on Jewish holidays, Hanukkah. We've got a whole bunch of crafts there, book reviews there, um, a lot of stuff going on. We want to sort of weave our way into the narrative of the Jewish day and the Jewish week and the Jewish year in a way that um, makes parents feel encouraged and excited about bringing that information home. So hopefully the listeners now understand why I called you the power couple. You see, they, they, they get an idea and they make it happen, really. So uh, tell us just to end the interview, just a little bit about what we can expect from you guys in the future. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm hoping for David to get a full night's sleep. I think that's our dream at this point. No more 4.30 a.m. wake-ups. But um, please, God, we are actually in the in the path of growing uh, much faster than we expected. So we're looking for factory space to expand the bakery, put more breads out, deliver on more routes, reach more people, and run more workshops. That sounds really exciting. All right. So, Yoni, again, every time I end an interview, I tell you that next time you come to Israel, this is something you got to put on your list. So make sure your next trip to Israel is a long one. <laughs> Thanks, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna. And thank you, Dvorah. Again, that's popamelech.com. Um, I know, Joanna, you keep giving me a list of things to do when I get to Israel. And as you said, I mean, at first, okay, give me, give me a few days in Israel and I could do everything you told me. But now it's, the list is growing and growing. And 
instead of days, I'm going to need weeks, but hey, who's complaining? So again, papamelech.com, and if you want to check out everything that Joanna Shepson has going on in Israel, that's funinjerusalem.com for everything you need to know about when you head to Israel and you need a fun idea, make sure to go ahead and contact Joanna. More coming up on Bite Size. Here's a song that I can't believe I've yet to play on Bite Size. Mahapecha Shel Simcha, one of the more exciting tunes that's come out over the last year or so. Um, I'm, I'm personally shocked I haven't yet to play it. And I just heard it the other day and I'm like, wow, I have yet to use that song on Bite Size. So here it is, Mahapecha Shel Simcha. You're tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. שמעתי שעושים פה מסיבה בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים Let me see you move. Ma 
Hashem Melech, you're tuned into Bite Size here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And as you know, before we go, 
It's America's and Israel's and everyone, every country represented here who's listening. All of y'all's favorite segment of the week, Four to the Door. Here's how it works for you first-time listeners. Four to the Door is a segment that myself and Jamie Turkel, our assistant programming director and social media coordinator here at the Nachum Siegel Network, we both partake in. It's quite simple. Four to the Door, we do top four blank, where uh, it usually has something to do with the theme, with the show. Uh, something mentioned in the show may spark a uh, a topic that I want to have some sort of list with myself and Jamie where we do our top four favorite whatever it is. And this week, it is wine. So four to the door is top four favorite wines. And as usual, I start with Jamie Turkel's list. But first, if you have any comments, suggestions, critiques of our lists, of my list, of Jamie's list, email me at yoni at or leave a comment in the app. Again, Yoni, Y-O-N-I, and AchimSeal.com. And of course, it doesn't have to be an email just about Ford of the Door. It could be an email about the show. It could be an email about the network, how wonderful we are. I will accept all emails and answer you accordingly. So here we go. Without further ado, this week's Ford of the Door Top 4 Wines. We start with Jamie's list at number 4 is a Merlot. <clears throat> Now, again, as I've mentioned several times throughout the show, I am no wine connoisseur. I've heard what a Merlot is, and as you'll see by my list, uh, you'll let me know. You'll uh, you'll find out if that is something I like and don't like. Number three, a Cabernet Sauvignon. I think I pronounced that correctly, Sauvignon. Uh, quality choice there by Jamie. Number two, Champagne. She didn't specify her cham- Jamie, no, no specific, right? Champagne. So uh, <clears throat> if you want to celebrate... For whatever reason, you are drinking champagne, Jamie Turkel. It is number two on Jamie's list. And number one on Jamie Turkel's top four to the door, top four wines is Moscato d'Asti. Uh, what can I say? Is it predictable, Jamie? Is it uh, just a fine choice? Now, uh, as far as I know, Jamie, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, you yourself are not a wine connoisseur, correct? Right, so, uh, which may explain her list, and trust me, trust me, trust me, it'll explain my list, but again, before we get to my list, Jamie's list one more time, four to one, top four to the door, top four wines, Merlot, Cabernet, Sauvignon, Champagne, and number one, Moscato, Diossi. Now, here we go with my list, Yoni Pollock's top four to the door, top four wines, number four. I'm not embarrassed, I'm, I'm really not, it's a shout out to our friends, at Manischewitz, but frankly, again, I, I really am just not a wine person, but number four is the Manischewitz classic, classic red wine. Uh, I, I I mean, I've had it so many times, I, I enjoy the taste. I legitimately enjoy the taste of Manischewitz red wine. Number three, and I think I'm pronouncing this correctly, Genesee Black Muscat by Herzog. I just want to read you the description I actually found online because... I've had the bottle now a few times over the last uh, probably month or so, and I was like, "Let me. I gotta like what? Like I can't personally explain to you why I like a lot wine. It. I mean, all wines I like are are sweet. I don't like dry wines. Um, you know, the aroma, this, the 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 crisp, the this, the that. I I don't know what those words are, and you know, with wine, so I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, if I just like the wine, I like the wine, and uh, so let me tell you the description online. The Herzog Genesee Black Muscat. Genesee Black Muscat displays a beautiful deep red color. It does. 
with aromatic notes of pineapple and apple. I like those fruit. The rich, fruity flavors and smooth texture. I think it uh, pear, pear except I think it's pear. It just seems like it's spelled wrong to me. But pear exceptionally exceptionally well with Asian cuisine. I enjoy barbecue chicken. I like and and some sort of pound cake. I mean, orange and orange pound cake. So uh, this enjoyably sweet wine is pointedly genesee, French for youthful, flavorful, and fun. That I could certainly confirm so uh, the genesee black muscat is number three number two on my top board of the door top four wines the joyvin red now if you uh sense a theme it's that i enjoy fruity sweet wines and you are absolutely correct you want to make fun of me bring it again yoni on achimseagle.com or leave a comment on the app but uh i enjoy them so uh, joyvin red i actually also went to look up a description it's pretty similar it's a partially fermented red grape the ultimate easy-drinking party wine, light, fruity, and fun to sip or enjoy with lightly flavored fish and chicken di- dishes serve chilled. So I like the light, fruity wines. And uh, so when you hear number one, you shouldn't be surprised. Number one on my top four of the door, top four wines, the Bartonura Blue Bottle. I had it for many, many years. I remember when it was green. Um, which I don't know if that's the exact same bottle or if just slightly similar. But then they changed to the blue bottle, and uh, its success is everywhere. I actually remember, as I've mentioned already on the show, actually, the Nahum Siegel Network visited the Bartonura Wine Factory, and you could check out the whole live lunch on our NahumSiegel.com page or on our Facebook page, NahumSiegel.com, and uh, check out the whole live lunch there. We actually cut up a few highlights of the shows as well, and the highlight of the blue bottle is certainly one to check out. But uh, the blue bottle is certainly my go-to bottle. I, I, I promise you not. I walk around the Heights, around anywhere in the city, and I've seen at least three signs on uh, bus stands, the b- big blue Bartonura wine bottle, not just popular amongst Jews, amongst all of our kind here in the world. The Bartonura blue bottle is becoming a go-to on all tables in the world. So again, my four to the door, top four wines. Number four, the Manischewitz Red. Number three, Genesee, Black Muscat. Number two, Joyvin Red. And number one, Bartonura Blue Bottle. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the last two hours of the Bite Size here on the Nahum Siegel Network. If you haven't checked us out on Facebook, Nahum Siegel Network, on Instagram, Nahum Siegel Network, and on Twitter, Nahum Siegel Net. If you haven't yet downloaded the free NSN app, go to your app store on either your iPhone or smartphone, Android phone, um, and go ahead and download so you can get all of our content while on the run. My name is Yoni Pollock, wishing you all a good day and reminding you that the bite size is the right size.